Hey friends, today we're going to discuss something that I get a lot and it has to do with how do I coach people with budgeting? So when I meet with people and do coaching, I have a four-step framework that I work through with them. These are the four pieces that I've come to realize that if you don't have them, you're bound to have a hole in your finances. Because say money will find its way out of your pockets or you won't actually realize it until it's probably too late that you should have focused on a missing piece sooner. So stay tuned to hear about the four pieces that I consider to be foundational for a solid budgeting plan. So everyone dreams of living a life of abundance, but here's the harsh truth. Having a higher income doesn't guarantee spending wisdom, and your toys may eventually suffocate you financially. Are you there yet? In fact, 8 million people earning over six figures are actually living paycheck to paycheck. But it's time we change that for you. Welcome to Budgeting Brilliance, a podcast for busy career-focused moms feeling stuck between mounting credit cards and cars. I'm Shauna Lay, a family budgeting expert specializing in tools that corporate moms can use to change their perspective of budgeting as a necessary evil to being an empowering tool to make smarter decisions. If you've been looking for a budgeting network focused on more than just frugal living, you're in the right place. Stop letting your finances dictate your life. So let's dive into number one of my four-step foundational budgeting framework. It's your spending habits. Because when you track your expenses, you know where you are spending your money and where you are overspending it. So to help people kind of work through this, I instruct them to categorize expenses, such as have a category for your subscriptions, a category for utilities, groceries, your fun money, and so forth. Now, by performing simple analysis on your monthly spending, and in my budget mastery program, I actually have an easy to use template for people to do this. This means that you can become aware of your bills and eliminate unnecessary expenses like uncovering unused subscriptions or finding things that might be too costly today and you can find cheaper alternatives. Now, when people take the time to pause and review, like really think about what they're spending their money on, they can usually uncover forgotten recurring charges or even decide that those charges aren't necessary anymore. And that's why step number one is so important and why you should do it every few months, just so that you can have a pulse on your expenses and where your money's going. So categorizing your expenses and really analyzing your habits about where you're spending your money is step number one. So now that we have that foundational piece, the underlying of where our money's going, let's talk about step number two of our four-step foundational budgeting framework. We're going to talk about our goals and our future plans. What I find is extremely beneficial in assisting families to help remain focused on reducing debt and to even stop having the urge to bring in new debt 
is with effective goal planning. Now, to some people, this might not seem logical, like how can goals help me be more intentional? But here's the key. When you really come to terms with where you and your family want to go and how much time it's going to take and how much money it's going to take to get there, you really start to have a better plan and can see where your money needs to be spent better. And it'll make you think twice about, well, maybe we should upgrade our car this year. Well, what is that going to do to our future plan of being able to achieve this by this time? You see where I'm getting that there? Hey friends, I wanted to pause real quick to let you know about a special Facebook group that I have specifically for you, Career Moms Focused on Budgeting and Financial Success. So in this group, you can feel safe to ask your most pressing budgeting questions without fear or rejection. So head on over to my website, sanitysense.com, to get your link to our private group today. But my method of goal planning isn't just about the types of things you want to have and things that you're dreaming about having or doing in the future. We're really going to make it prescriptive. We're going to start by looking back at last year. What did we do well? Where do we need to change? Then we're going to pivot and look at this year. Now, note, ideally, you'd want to start this at the beginning of every year. So what do we need to do this year to aid in things like self-care? Because your own personal well-being is vital to the success of you throughout the year. So you don't want to forget simple categories like that. Then we'll talk about house, car, maintenance, upcoming expenses, like how soon are the kids going into college? You know, do we have graduations to kind of think about or milestone birthdays, for instance? Even focus on your career. Do you need more training? Do you have certain aspirations that you want to be able to help support? What do you want to achieve now and in five years from now? Are there big vacations, new houses, new appliances, new vehicles? All of those things start to come into play and we'll write them down and and then calculate what it's going to cost, factor that into our budgets, what are our priorities, and then see what makes sense to add them in. And then when you start to allocate that money into your budget today, well, you have no choice but to become focused and intentional about your spending because that money has already been taken. Now, hearing that, you may think to yourself, well, this would require me to really sit down and think about what it is I want to do in the future and how I want to be able to allocate my money. Because if I won't have any money left over to do these other things, then some things might not be able to be paid for. And that's absolutely correct. You want to have an eye on the future before the future becomes your reality and you didn't plan for it. And that's what I'm trying to help you avoid. And those are the types of things that we'll uncover in step number two, goals and future planning. So let's move on to step number three of my four-step foundational budgeting framework. These are your guidelines. I also like to call them your guardrails. These are the things that help keep you on the path of your budgeting success and not fall off. You may hear people refer to these as common budgeting percentages like 70-30, where 70% are the money that you spend and 30% is the money that you save and invest. 
For the people that I normally work with, we kind of further break that up into 60% expenses. And these are your primary expenses. And then 30% the secondary expenses, the money that we use for budget pay down. And then 10% would be reserved for wealth planning. This is your savings and investing. So let's dive into this just a little bit. The 60%, once again, these are your primary bills. These are the primary costs needed for survival. Getting to work, keeping the lights on, the family fed, those sort of things. It's your housing, your utilities, your groceries, transportation costs, insurance. In the next category of percentages is the 30. This group, other expenses like your debt payments, fund money expenses, the amount of money that you give to charities, subscriptions, and then you have your debt pay down or even money that you set aside for your sinking funds for the future. So that was 60% primary expenses, 30% secondary expenses, and that leaves us with 10% for wealth building. I will note here that once you pay off debt, which is part of that 30%, that's where you can start increasing the 10%. So they're all kind of like dials. So if you don't need 30% all going to that secondary section, you can have more money to put over here or more money to put over there. Truthfully, I tell people not to get hung up on finding the right percentages because some people will say 70-30 and some people say, no, it's more like 60-40. It's really personal. It's about you. I think you should just start. Don't get hung up on what the percentage is. I'm just glad you have one. When I first started, didn't have one. And I didn't have that guardrail kind of helping to guide me on the path to my future. Instead, I just said, I have the money. Let's go spend it. Just choose one. If it doesn't work out, you could always pivot. And that is step number three, focusing on some sort of guidelines and guardrails for your budget. Hey, I want to pause real quick just to give you a quick message. Friends, if you are ready to take that all-important next step in transforming not only your budget, but your family's future as well, I have a limited time offer to help you do just that. You see, it's my mission here to help set you up so that you are not living under overwhelming debt that is stifling your spirit. I want to help you reconnect with your kids and rediscover your own purpose. For a limited time, I'm offering a highly discounted rate on my one-on-one coaching along with my new program, Budget Mastery. Over the next several weeks, we'll have a chance to help one another. I will help you get on the path to an improved financial outlook, and during our time together, you'll help me dial in my program to ensure that it's serving you in the best way possible. So if you're finally ready to listen to that tug on your heart, and get started, please drop me an email. The information is in the show notes. And we'll wrap this up with the fourth step of the foundational budgeting framework, managing and forecasting your money. Now, this is where my signature annual calendar budgeting tool comes in. 
So in a previous episode, I spoke about my favorite budgeting method, which is calendar budgeting. This method enables your budget to have more flexibility and it gives you the assurance because you can forecast your potential funds throughout the month, throughout the year. With other budgeting methods and tools, they are missing a key factor, being able to determine how much money you have in the bank, projected, of course, on a given day in the future is key to making sure that you have a solid family budget. As a mom who was previously frantic about whether or not I could pay bills on time, calendar budgeting freed up those emotions for me. It helped to keep things flow more like water where situations became very fluid. It had ebbs and flows. So if something came in, I could help visualize on my budget the impact of that expense to easily mitigate any future situations. I was no longer on fire and under pressure. I could so much more confidently shift when needed. I'll give you a a real quick example. Let's say you go to the doctor and you get a slew of prescriptions. Well, those prescriptions weren't probably on your budget for that month, right? Because you're normally healthy, but something came up and now here they are. Well, you have to buy the prescription, but next week is the water bill. It puts a little bit of tension in the budget, but you know that if you dialed back just slightly on eating out, for instance, then you know that you'll be able to cover all of the future bills until the next paycheck came. But if you weren't really forecasting your budget in that manner, and you just looked at, I have this much money coming in, these are the total of my expenses this month, I should have this much money left over. But when you work from a due date perspective on a calendar, you can tell that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, I can pay this this bill, this bill, I need gas over here. You're able to pivot. You have so much more flexibility in how you manage your money that you couldn't do before. And let's be real, your expenses are never the same from month to month. Energy costs rise, right? So your electricity bill is this one month and that the next month. Then wintertime comes and then your gas bills go up. Even gas for your car could spike at any given time. Putting strains on being able to run your errands or even if your family just wanted to get up and take a quick road trip. Food costs have risen dramatically over the this past year. And last year, for example, my own homeowner's policy was bought out by another company. And that company's rates are $1,000 more than the previous company. So now that money is causing my mortgage to go up $85 a month. Didn't have that planned, but I can adjust and I can see how that impacts me month over month. And I can make sure that all of my bills are paid. But if at any moment I start to see red on my calendar budget, I know that if I just dialed back a few things along the way, that I'm not going to have a future issue. You're going to need a tool like calendar budgeting to help you be more fluid 
and be able to adjust to your constant budgeting fluctuations. So there you have it, an overview of my four-step foundational budgeting framework. But unfortunately, I will say that implementing just one of the four will leave you a huge gap and set you up for a financial issue in the future. Because you see, here's why I say this. I've been calendar budgeting for over 20 years, and it didn't prevent me from overextending our budget. It didn't identify potential pitfalls or set us up for a prosperous future. Well, not by itself. It only ensured that our bills could be paid. But I learned over time that it was important to understand where my money was going and my spending habits. That's all step number one. And to have a plan for where we were headed and what we wanted to achieve in the future. And that became step number two. And you have to know your limits based on your income. And that's where your guidelines come from, step number three. And all of that comes together cohesively in a calendar budget in step number four. So let me ask you this. How does your current budgeting method stack up to budget mastery? Does it give you a sense of overwhelming confidence? Do you know what your debt limits are? Are you aware of where your highest spending categories are and if you need to reevaluate what you're spending from month to month? If you don't have an established plan for your future and know what it takes to achieve it, then you may have some gaps. I hope today's message helped you to realize the four key areas of creating an effective budget for a sound financial future. And I hope you start incorporating them in your family's finances immediately. Please take it from my experience that they'll save you years of headache later. So let me know in the comments if you enjoyed today's message. How do you budget? Are you considering switching to calendar budgeting or even wanting to take me up on my offer for budget mastery? I would love to help you in your journey. Do you have other points that you'd like to include? Feel free to drop me a note on SanitySense.com or or here on the podcast. When you stop by SanitySense, feel free to download the free budget starter kits and all of the other free resources that I have to help you on your debt-free journey. So be intentional because budgeting your money is something you can't leave to chance. You'll overspend, you'll miss opportunities, and it doesn't have to take you a long time if you have an intuitive budgeting plan like Budget Mastery. Until next time, make sure to do your best at budgeting brilliantly, my friends. Bye-bye. So friends, I hope you found value in today's episode and that it encouraged you in some way to take an action towards focusing on your budget. If you would like to snag some free budgeting resources like a quick starter kit, debt elimination workbook, just head on over to my website, sanitysense.com. That's sanitysense.com. C-E-N-T-S dot com. And if you liked today's episode, please consider leaving a five-star review so you can help others find this message and get the budgeting help that they've been longing for too. So here's to budgeting your best life.